Hey, Street Fighters, welcome to the show. It's basement show night, but it's really a telecom street fight. This is uh, us doing a Zoom instead of our normal get together. Things are changing in Street Fight universe. And uh, this week I'm in my very echoey living room uh, that has nothing in it to deaden the sound. Uh, but always happy to do this and uh, spread this mess across the U.S. Thank you to everybody that's reached out and uh, sent me well wishes. I appreciate it. Joanna uh, sent me a box of fucking jams and jellies and sweet treats, and it was absolutely wonderful. I've been stuffing my face. It's been making me feel better, so thank you for that. Uh, and everybody else that's reached out, it's, it's meant a lot. Uh, we are the number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation, and uh, we are moving forward with our plan to break down all hierarchy and create a completely flat world where we can work together without pressing or taking advantage of, it, of other people. Um, this is a place to kick back and relax for all of you out there that are fighting the good fight and doing the, the right thing to make a better world and a better place and uh, aren't afraid to, to step outside of the capitalist solutions. My name is Brett. My co-host is Brian. How are you doing tonight, Brian? Uh, we just finished the first episode of Heat O'Brien Unleash, and I am uh, uh, sweating currently from, from that. It was a, a, a nerve-wracking show, I will say. But I think everybody is going to be very happy with what they get on that show because you get you get some deep Brian lore that I don't think I ever thought I would ever give anybody. <laughs> Yeah, it was um, it was fun. Uh, we watched the first episode of Real Sex from way back in 1990 with uh, Jamie Peck from Antifada. Uh, it was good and uh, a lot of fun. Um, it's, it's always nice to talk about things that you don't do all the time. You know, it's with you, you're wading into waters, you know, and until you you're saying it out loud, you don't know what's you, you know what it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, that is the kind of reason we switched to the miniseries over on the uh, Patreon is because we wanted a reason to talk about things that are different, uh, uh, that are maybe out of our comfort zone or even just a little bit weird. But holy fucking shit, that show is incredibly uncomfortable. I think, you know, something I really took to heart when I decided to do this show is when I first pitched it to Brett, he said, you do know you will have to talk about yourself and sex. And I said, uh, uh, no, I don't. And then, you know, after I thought about it, I said, yeah, I think uh, uh, maybe that's true. I, I do have to give some of myself. So I give some of myself. It truly is Heat O'Brien unleashed. He is 100% unleashed. Yeah, it was a lot of fun and uh the subject matter was good uh can't wait to do it i can't wait to do more and uh you you gave me an honorific as well brett oh, payne horny the horny d4 yeah brett payne the horny d4 say brett's a horny uh, dude everybody i just want to let you know i mean he's not going to do it publicly or whatever although maybe he might uh, uh yeah but i'm gonna boy, do the, I, the man is horny yeah, I'm going to do a version of like, I'm going to do an updated version of the Harper Valley PTA, but for like slutty boys, you know, yeah. for just like guys that are too, you know, gray sweatpants and, and uh, tank tops at the book fair. Yeah, but I'm very happy. Hey, you know what? I'm happy. I'm happy for you, Brett, that you're living yeah. a horny lifestyle. I'm you're liberated. Kind of chased, you're a chased horny guy because... Well, I don't know if you're chased, to tell you the truth. I, I wouldn't ask those questions. They're impolite and not on Street Fight. We don't do that. That only is on Heat O'Brien Unleashed on the Street yes. Fight Radio Patreon. <laughs> Check it out. So uh, uh, how's your... I, I, I know you had a, you've had, you're having a pretty wild week. So uh, how you doing, man? Yeah, um, it's, um, it's ratcheting up. Uh, you know, I thought times were tough and I don't know, in the same way that like when I had a kid and, 
you know, when Erica was breastfeeding and I would get up like every four to six hours with her all the time, um, you kind of learn that like you thought you had limits and then like kids will push you beyond that. Like a kid will just like dance all over your limits. And I, so I'm done doing my first week of true single parenting. Um, and it's absolutely difficult, you know, um, now I, I know how to do most things and can provide, and I have a good relationship with my kid. Um, but it's just not a space I'm being, you know, used to being in, you know, and, and really the internet at my place is fucking awful. And I've been fighting with them for weeks and it's been hell the whole time. And she's supposed to be doing virtual classes and she can't sign online and it's frustrating for everybody involved. Um, but, you know, we've also got to make dinner together and go buy toys and thrift shopping. And, yeah, we've had a good time. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds, I mean, it sounds like you had good times. And but that today, also, uh, uh, your internet does suck. It really fucking sucks. <laughs> and today was her big Zoom class. And she was like, I want to give everybody a tour of the new place. And I like I it, that is not something I wanted to happen, but I did like one week of housework in about 12 minutes, basically, yeah. like all the stuff that I wanted to do. Like I just had octopus arms and I was scrambling and she was like, I want to show my room. And like her room is just a storage area at this point. And I'm like, I don't. I don't want, you know, but I, I, I don't feel, I don't give a fuck. I mean, this is what happens. This is real life. You know, I, I put, I put it on the internet. Why do I care what her classmates see, you know, and she shouldn't feel bad about it, you know, but it is like, it, it's just, uh, it's a, it's a big transition. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm just avoiding the, the bad feelings as much as I can. Yeah. But, yeah, absolutely. I, 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 that is a good move. You, you always want to avoid the bad feelings. And then one big Charlotte update. Um, she's ready to stream. Oh, yeah. She, uh, she was like, dad, 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 dad. I was like, what? She's like, there's a girl on YouTube. She's nine years old. She plays Minecraft. She streams. And I was like, okay. And she was like, maybe that means when I'm nine, I can stream. And then she had like beggy hands. She did. She started like putting her hands together and got on her like knees. And I was like, I did the best dad maneuver maneuver ever. And all I said was, well, you got to get that reading up to par because you're going to have to react to people's comments. You can be able to read those comments and know what the, the, the people want to see. Um, but I'm very proud of her. And then I, 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 I hope to, uh, I hope to help her in her streaming journey. Oh, I would love to watch her. I mean, she's a gamer, dude. She's a gamer. She watches her stuff. She's like, bro, bro, bro. She does. She says, bro, all day long at fucking Roblox. And then she says, also, she says, uh, she said, I'll give you the left, right. Good night. That's right. I'll give you the left, right. Good night. And she just keeps saying that over and (laughs) over again. What is that? What's the left, right, good night? Knocking somebody out. Left, right, good night. Ah, I just got it. She demonstrated to me it's a left punch, it's a right punch. The good night is two overhand fists on top of the head. She does like a swirl around. She does like a swirl around and then comes down on top of the head for the good night. Holy shit. She sounds like a hell of a time to hang out with, (laughs) really. You know? She's a wild child. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, she's also, um, I bought, I found the most amazing thing. It's called like the Little Da Vinci art frame. And it's like, a, it's, a, it's a frame that has a mat on it. And you can put eight and a half by 11 paper in it. It holds up to 50 pieces of paper. So like every time she puts something on paper, I can put it up on my wall. And then she was like, oh, I know the perfect thing for you. I'm going to do a Slender Man. I'm going to draw Slender Man for you and Slender Man's wife. It's so creepy. You're going to love it. I was like, all right, let's, let's see. I, I got plenty of room now for Slender Man. Man has a wife? Yeah, there's an updated canon or something. She's, she thinks everything was created in Roblox. She keeps trying to tell me all this stuff that I know. She's like, oh, I know. Ch- I love Chucky. I'm like, you love Chucky? you never seen Chucky. She was like, I've seen Chucky in Roblox. I was like, well, no, we got to watch real Chucky. You know, that's not, you know, Roblox is something that just happened. Okay. Stop this nonsense. 
So are you are uh, it, uh, listen, I'm gonna help you out a little bit. Does she know about Chugi? I don't know Chugi. Oh, it's a uh, uh, word for things that aren't like uh, cool. Like you would say something is not chuggy, or no, something <laughs> is chuggy if it's uncool, and it's not chuggy if it is cool. And oh, it's I like just that. something I learned today. It's something that they're saying chuggy. I'm into chuggy. Yeah, I'm gonna start saying chuggy too. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, I think, but I think the best slang is the ones that you make up with your friends. Like you just have to know what it means with, with the people that you care about. You know? Yeah. So what chuggy is is it's not quite basic which can describe someone who is a conformist or perhaps generic in their taste. And it's not quite uncool. It's not embarrassing or even always negative. Chuggy can be used broadly to describe someone who is out of date or trying too hard. And while a lot of chuggy things are associated with millennial women, the term can be applied to anyone of any gender at any age. So uh, chuggy. You know, it's not just a way to describe people. According to those who have embraced the word, the following things are also chuggy. Here are things that are chuggy, Brett. The hype house, golden goose sneakers, anything what? associated with bar stool sports. Is chuggy? Yeah, that's chuggy. It's chuggy. That's bad. Uh, Gucci, Gucci belts with the large double G logo. Uh, being really into sneaker culture, Ray Dunn pottery, and anything Chevron. Those are all chuggy things. So, wow, that yeah. sounds suburban to me. Chuggy, yeah, yeah. Or very, it's basic again. It's just like it's a click above base. I get it. It's yeah. chuggy. All right, I don't I'm quite chuggy. understand it. I'm chuggy. Yeah, yeah. So there you go, chuggy. Um, I just, I'm, I'm going to use it on my daughter tomorrow and she's going to say, I don't know what you're talking about. It's going to piss me off. Dad, we don't fucking say that. And then eight months from now, she was going to be like, and then my teacher came in, he had these new shoes. They were kind of chuggy. And then you're like, I told you that was a thing. Yep. Yep. She will say chuggy and she'll get, but she'll get mad at me and say, it's not, it's that's something Gen Xers are saying. Crocs got to Crocs got to be chuggy. I've seen a lot of pro croc stuff recently, and that's a line I'll never fucking cross. Yeah. The opposite of trendy, stylish in middle school and high school, but no longer in style. Used when someone still follows these out-of-date trends. This may include, but not limited to fashion, habits on social media, usage of slang. And so Kofifi is chuggy. Oh, yeah. Kofifi is chuggy. I love that. <laughs> I'm getting that tattoo. <laughs> Kofifi is chuggy. Uh, that's the new mug. That's the new mug in the Street Fight store. Kofifi is chuggy. <laughs> we will sell a billion of them. Too much to Get on Redbubble tonight. <laughs> so um, I, wanted, I promised this story on Sunday. Let's lead off with it, Brett, uh, because this is the kind of stuff I love. Uh, this is purely just a joy for me to read. A Georgia man who scammed hotel rooms and luxury limos by claiming to be with the Wu-Tang Clan has been sentenced to more than eight years in prison, which I feel is excessive. Um, yeah. Walker Washington, 53, was sentenced by a federal judge Thursday, and in addition to the 100 months, he was ordered to pay almost $299,900 in restitution, according to court documents. See, this is this is to me is some sort of gray law area where I feel like if you fell for it, that's on you. Like none, nobody else is responsible that you didn't do your due diligence on this. They should have followed saying, through. I've been saying this about checks, Brett. It shouldn't be illegal to pass a bad check now, right? Because you should think that whoever's fucking writing you a check is writing a bad check. Why would somebody write a fucking check? dude you know it should be legal it should be legal to do this for yeah. sure it's fair game fair the game if, if you're willing to take a piece of money with a signature if you're willing to take a piece of paper with a signature on it as as a payment that's on you no one else is responsible you get no protection 
Yes, absolutely. I, I just, I, th this makes me nuts that these guys are going to jail. The scheme by Washington and Aaron Barnes Burpo, 29, went on for at least two months in 2019. Well, it's already passed, too. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and what is this? Happen. This should be an HBO documentary about like a hot two months that some, what is this? We, there's no, we don't need to punish anybody for, they grew out of it. It's not like a criminal empire that took people down. This is crazy. During that time, the men falsely said they were affiliated with Rock Nation and the Wu-Tang Clan, the famed rap group known for many hits, including Cream and Protect Your Neck, pr prosecutors said. They also used stolen credit card information to book hotels and rent limos. The U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern D District of Georgia said. These two flim-flam artists and their phony entourage <laughs> lived large for several weeks by scamming hospitality providers, acting U.S. Attorney David H. Estes said in a statement. Flim-flammers? Like, he called them flim-flammers, man. That's, that's <laughs> like, wow. You shouldn't be allowed to get in trouble for flim-flamming people at all. You know what I mean? Unless you do it to people broker than you. I think if you flim-flam somebody above you, legal below you illegal i kind of like that rule That's well you know the kind of rule that works and this actually kind of relates to the 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 phone call that we had about the guy that was pretending to get hit by cars and and the caller was concerned that this person was taking advantage of other people um but i feel like there is a natural order to the system that like if you're so broke that someone try if someone tries to scam you for 60 dollars like you will they will get attacked. Like nobody is going to give up money that they don't have. You know, no one like in, in this, in the, if you're getting flim flammed, you had the money to lose. Like you, you had too much to not pay attention to, to where it was going. Totally true. Totally true. Exactly. And like, when you start talking about like hospital scamming hospitality providers, it's like, who fucking cares? You know, it's not like there's a lot of mom and pop hotels that are going to go out of business because these guys did this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's all, yeah, you just write it off. Um, it's a temporary thing that someone they do for fun. It's not a lifestyle. You can't make that work. This is like, they got out of it. It's, ugh, it sucks. They're getting there. have to deal with this still. This is kind of we. This is kind of funny part here. We commend the skeptical hotel clerk who saw through the scam and alerted law enforcement, bringing this scheme to a halt. He said, "The scheme was foiled after an attempted November twenty-first booking at the Fairfield Inn and Suites in Augusta with a request for <laughs> ten rooms, according to a criminal <laughs> complaint." The guest <laughs> information was given as Rock Nation slash Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> That's tight. I mean, Fairfield Inn isn't even like a nice hotel. I no. mean, it, it's nicer than like, I don't know, a Red Roof Inn probably or a Motel 6. But it's, I mean, a courtyard by Marriott's nicer than a Fairfield Inn. Agreed. Yeah, not the nicest accommodations. Ten rooms sounds fun. You're going to have a good time. I know, but then when people ask who you are, you can't just say Wu-Tang Clan slash Rock Nation. You got to like really, you know, because the manager for them probably gives his name and then right. Wu-Tang Clan. You know, I work for the Wu-Tang Clan. And are the Wu-Tang Clan and Rock Nation together? Like, I, I kind of thought they weren't. They probably own them at this point. I don't know. Or own, I don't, who know. I don't, I don't know the connections anymore. I'm, it's I'm maybe checking. it was enough to just impress anybody. Like it just scrambled somebody's brain. Like, Oh my God, the Wu-Tang clan is coming. Yeah. 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 We have uh, to give them oh. rooms for free. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, the staff thought it was a scam and it was the FBI was contacted and rock nation confirmed. The group was not affiliated and said the company had received calls from other hotels. The complaint says <laughs> some hotels said they'd lost up to $40,000. A limo company hired for two vehicles, including a phantom Rolls Royce was out more than $59,000 according to the com criminal complaint. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, some guy rolled up and said, hey, well, I'm the Wu-Tang Clan, a.k.a. Rock Nation. 
let me drive that Rolls Royce. Like, oh yeah, man, we love you. We're always we're all about the woo. Wu Tang is for the children. You should be. This is now. I can't say I'm Corey Taylor because I, I said this on the Sunday show, but Corey Taylor back before he took his mask off was like the perfect guy to say you were. You sure. know, because he's very famous. Uh, I mean, you know, up there, like a hotel would want to give Slipknot a uh, a room. You know, I think. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, they're they want to get they want to uh, get maggot business. Yeah, they want maggot business, so they would do it. You know, Washington and Barnes Burpo pleaded guilty to one count of cons conspiracy to commit wire fraud in October. Barnes Burpo was sentenced to seven years in prison. Oh, in come Barnes. on, seven fucking years dude. off of jealousy because everybody's jealous nobody else has the guts to do it and we're all jealous that they went for it and and you know now people feel bad for getting tricked but they live the dream come on what are we doing here what a waste of time washington Seven years i mean i don't know me you know you you sure maybe they they need to 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 pay people for some labor that they exploited you know, maybe sure. they did make someone drive them around all night and ruin a fucking limo and make someone clean it up after them. Maybe there is some restitution there. They don't need to be locked up in a box. No, they I mean, if it here's what I would do if I was like running this thing, you give them, you know, two weeks in jail. You know what I mean? This is a two weeks in jail. In like a radical restructuring of the prison system, like the longest you would get is a year, you know? And then for most things that they want to give people seven, eight years, it's like two weeks is enough. That don't, I mean, what's the difference between two weeks and 10 years at this point? It's two weeks is a long time, you know? That's what I think. Sure, that's wild. We give people two weeks in a really nice like it would be more like a hotel, but it's like, hey, you know, you have to. This is what I would do. This is my new prison system. You you make people live in a hotel for two weeks that they're not allowed to leave. And it's like, hey, you know. I need you to stay here and think about what you did and try and think about not doing it anymore. And uh, uh, two weeks and then you can leave. And I think a lot of people would be like, I'm not going to do this no more. Yeah. There's also books you could read too, to get some ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we can make them read a book. Maybe it's even two. No, weeks you. Oh yeah. Yeah. I could read some books, but I came up with the two weeks idea. Okay. But then I was thinking you could just send them back to high school, like a high school. You know what I mean? Cause that felt like jail to me. And, uh, uh, you know, maybe that's something I don't know. I haven't sure. thought of it. Uh, uh, but then these two guys had spent some time in jail and, uh, they came up with the scheme while they were there. And he said, when they got out, they got started and it just got out of hand. The FBI agent wrote in the document. So I assume what happened was these dudes, the, what the, if these two guys could have gone on forever doing this, you know what I'm saying? Like these guys, no, it doesn't work that way. I think they could have done this forever if they didn't involve more people. I think that they could come up with a blood brothers agreement where they meet once a year to have the most epic weekend of their life in a new city every single time. And they run the same scam, but in the same way that I found out that I could steal from work in certain ways, eventually you just keep going back and back and back. And then it's just <laughs> so obvious what's happening here. Right. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. I, yeah, like you, I, I even feel like they could have done it every month if it was just those two guys and they fucking were just using it to hang out like as bros together and stuff. You know? No, you gotta fill a, you gotta fill ten hotels rooms full of people though. That's the problem. <laughs> when you when you order ten hotel rooms, it raises eyebrows. Like people are always. I don't, we talked about that, these Fairfield ends. I think it was a Fairfield end that got that guy in trouble that was pretending to be in the ATF too, right? Oh, really? If I remember correctly, it was a Fairfield end. Yeah. For those that don't know, uh, back in a while ago, this guy was going to this Fairfield inn all the time in uh, 
Gatlinburg, Tennessee, at same one. And he would go two or three times a year and he would tell him he was in the FBI. He would say he was in the FBI and he was doing some undercover work and they would give him the rooms for free. And fucking he started adding more times that he was going to go do this. And then the FBI finally, I mean, he got busted because somebody was like, I don't know if this guy's in the FBI. And they called the FBI and found out he wasn't. And it's like, Dude, it's like, I don't know if the FBI just gets to stay at Fairfield Inn whenever they want and we don't say anything. We just hand them keys. Is that really how that works? <laughs> There's no paperwork. I mean, you would do that, though, if you were working. Put yourself sure. behind the oh, yeah. at Fairfield Inn and, yep. and a guy comes in and he's like, hey, I'm with the FBI. I need a room. You'd be like, here you go, sir, right away. Yeah, you're right. I can see it. Yeah. I mean, I hated cops growing up and I hated giving cops free shit, but they like really expect that shit. You know what I mean? And you just end up giving them free shit all the time when you're working at like a, at, at a restaurant or something. Plus that's the policy, but they would all, they wouldn't hesitate to ask. They wouldn't hesitate to be like, Hey, you know, the manager said I could get a, a free big Mac combo meal. Yeah. Uh, if I come through the drive through and then they would just get it. And it was like, I would just hand it to him. I, I think like where I'm at though, is this Fairfield Inn. if I also remember correctly, they used to give me and you a whole bunch of grief when we would check in. I remember always hating the Fairfield Inns we stayed in. And then was they, that the one in Tennessee? That was the big headache. Yep. That was the one. That, that was a Fairfield Inn in Tennessee. Yeah, they do something to make their people too active. That, that that manager person was way too interested in how we were using this discount and what our relationship was. Yes, he was he was very curious about us and it was very frustrating. Um, so there is that. Um, there's another story I saw today about another pretty outrageous uh, jail sentence. Okay. Uh, that like, it's just we live in this fucking world, dude, where like everybody is able to like where like we don't value people's time that transgress. You know what I mean? Like if somebody does something wrong, you know, again, you're talking about a guy who pretended to be the Wu-Tang Clan and ripped off some hotels, you know, and he's getting eight years in prison. I think that's yep. so excessive, dude. I agree. I mean, and similar to the way that we, we were talking about on the Heat O'Brien Unleashed episodes uh, with America and like our timidity towards sex and puritanical upbringing and really repressed culture that is hypersexualized in very specific bursts, but very much afraid of nudity compared to other places around the world um, that are just grownups about it. You know, like sex ed is a, is a controversy in America uh, and, and the same with our, our crime and punishment. You know, we are extreme hand heavy handed punishment culture, super high prison rates, all of that uh, where other places around the world have found ways to, to make uh, changes to, to that system that are beneficial and aren't simply a matter of putting on a display of power and punishment and uh you know you know make making somebody pay for what they did you know right we have a brutal prison system uh like people act like it's people act like like oh you know you go to some of these countries and the prison system's brutal and it's like the things i've heard about the prison system here make it seem brutal you know it like sounds terrible. People are being put in solitary confinement and like the food has like maggots in it. Like that was, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and it that was an Ohio thing. And who is that for? That's not for us. That's not for our community. That's not for Americans. That's not for our people. It does nothing except for create. It just creates the second class citizens. Uh, the way that we use and abuse those people. Uh, but we have this like moralistic standpoint of like, if you fuck up, you have to pay for it for the rest of your life. It's uh, it, it's just an awful culture when it comes to that. I mean, trying to talk to people about prioritizing prisons for, for COVID vaccines was even contentious issue, you know, last year. 
uh, and mm-hmm. still is like to prioritize or even consider those people is something in that is not popular in most of American culture. We we consider it to be a seedy, disgusting place where people get what they deserve. And just all you have to do is try to not do something to get there. You know, just I don't mean, do something about, to get there. Think about every conversation you've had where one, uh, the first part is where somebody complains because they have cable TV. Like where it's like, is that like the top thing? Like is, is cable TV the number one top thing that like you can get? Is it the ultimate luxury item? <laughs> you know what I mean? It feels like a utility now. In, in the world we lived in all my life, cable has been basically a utility. Not a, you know? Yeah, it's, um, I don't know. I, or I, cell phone um, use I, where it's like self they should be allowed to have cell phones i don't see why not you know it's part of living in the fucking world if you expect people to have any sort of a normal life when they get out you know you want to prepare them to be in the normal world which is exactly what they don't want you to do you know you hear a lot of people complain about prisoners getting college degrees and stuff like that and it's just like i I studied criminology for a semester in, in college and like the way they think about the prison system, that, that, that like the, the, the length that sentences have gotten to, because they didn't used to be as crazy as they are now, Brett. They didn't, a motherfucker didn't just get eight years for pretending to be somebody, you know, somebody famous. It like, it ratcheted up over the years. And I think the war on drugs had a lot to do with it because they were like giving those mandatory minimum sentences for the war on drugs. And it just made everything seem like, and I've had these conversations with people all the time. Somebody will get, I don't know, somebody will get 15 years for like assault or something like that. And then people will be like only 15 years. And it's like, 15 years is a massive amount of time. You know, it's not like a small amount of time in the life of a person. Yeah. It's, um, it's hard to know how to make that change. Uh, you can advocate, you can talk to people. Um, uh, you know, as we've been talking about with, with the show, as things move forward, um, a lot of liberals wanted to do the right thing and, and show the right responses to the prison industrial complex and be woke and all that. And, uh, you know, a lot of them are being introduced to new abolitionist ideas. It's not going to take hold. It's, it's probably it's not going to be an overnight success, um, but it is definitely one of the most difficult situations ever. It was something that I I mean, just as a young person wondering why all the adults were so cruel and, and heartless, you know, about crime and punishment um, really disappointed me. Um, and, and now, uh, you know, kids, young people, everybody really is able to find, find places and information um, that is a lot more reasoned and sensible and uh, provides uh, the blueprint for a better world. Absolutely. So this is the reason I wanted to bring this up is because I saw this story, which was it, it blew my mind, dude. A teen charged as an, adult, as an adult has pleaded not guilty to multiple felony counts stemming from a Florida high school homecoming queen contest that prosecutors allege she and her mother rigged by hacking into a school district computer system. If convicted. If convicted, Emily Rose Grover, 18, a student at the Tate High School in Pensacola, faces a maximum sentence of 16 years in prison, officials said. Um, So what happened is this woman and her mom rigged. Her mom's a vice principal at the school. Oh, okay. Okay. I was like, is this like a computer scientist mom that was just like, got really caught up in her kid having some sort of like Disney movie experience. Dude, I'll tell you what though. It is really fucking weird to me that somebody's mom would do this. Like to even uh, think about a mom being like, I need you to win the home. Like, like I'm going to cheat and make you win the homecoming queen. Seems yeah. Wild to me. Not, I mean, not really, uh, because, you know, 
as a part of raising a kid and interacting with parents, you realize more and more that people invest themselves into their kid, like as their self-esteem, their, their kid becomes everything or like a reflection of how good or bad they are and all the things that they do. So I, I, you know, um, we all have a problem with like over identifying with our kids maybe these days and, you know, wanting them to have the best experience, but then they're that stepping over the line where it's like, no, I'm not, why would you do that? Who gives a shit? Like I would, I, I don't, I'm never want to teach my kid that winning the fucking winning a fucking prom is, is anything that worth cheating over. Like there's, there's going to be a million other things in the world that you want to cheat to, to achieve. It seems so pointless to do. I mean, it's not an important thing. I, I mean, maybe I went to a dumb school or whatever, but it didn't feel like, I guess probably the more joiner type people it did, but it didn't feel like anybody cared. I don't, I couldn't fucking tell you who the prom queen or the homecoming queen were when I was in high school. I, I had no fucking idea. Uh, uh, it wasn't, it just wasn't something people talked about. <laughs> so it never seemed important to me. Although, you know, I, I've said this before. I didn't even, I didn't like go to the prom or homecoming or oh, that any, could be why any dances period. Like I just, never went i didn't want to go hang out at school after school was my big uh uh was my big thing i sure. would always do that uh grover and her mother laura rose carroll 50 an assistant principal oh wait i'm sorry the state attorney's office in escambia county florida confirmed to abc news on wednesday that grover had been charged as an adult which also seems very weird to me to to charge this She's 18 now, but she was 17 when it happened. This is a childish crime, dude. This is high school like, shit. Yeah, this isn't. There should be no crime even associated with rigging. It's like an Archie comic. Are you kidding me? Right. Like, well, like well, what? Is, rigging the <laughs> rigging the prom voting system is a fucking American Pie movie spinoff. Like, there's this is nothing peculiar about this. This is grow. This is growing up. This is all it well, is. See, there are some things in this that I can see where people might be pissed about it, right? Because the way that they rig the... I'll, I'll read you how they rig the votes, Brett, because uh, uh, it's pretty weird. Uh, uh, where is it at? Grover and her mother are each charged with felony use offenses against users of computers, computer systems, computer networks, and electronic devices, in addition to felony unlawful use of a two-way communications device, which is an odd crime, felony criminal use of personally identifiable information, and misdemeanor conspiracy to commit those crimes. Grover and her mother were arrested in March following a roughly four-month investigation by the Florida Department of Law Enforcement into a complaint lodged by the Escambia County School District that someone had gained unauthorized use to the computerized accounts of hundreds of students, according to an arrest warrant affidavit ordained by ABC News. Uh, this activity was discovered in October during Tate High School homecoming court voting when hundreds of votes were flagged as fraudulent, according to the affidavit. Investigators found that 117 of the fraudulent votes originated from the same IP address and were traced to Carroll. According to the affidavit, which also said 246 fraudulent votes were cast via Carroll's phone and home computers. Now, let me explain this. Actually, here's a better ex explanation here. As an assistant principal in the Escambia County School District, Carroll had access to Focus the district's computer program that records students' identification numbers, dates of birth, grades, test scores, medical histories, emergency contacts, and disciplinary actions. The program also allowed students to access a third-party application called Election Runner used to cast votes for homecoming queen from October 28th to October 30th. Uh, so what they did was the mom... So, okay. So the way school works, you know... Schools have websites, right, that the kids log into to get their homework and all that stuff. It's in college, a Blackboard or a portal, right? And um, so she was breaking into other students' portal because her mom had, like, uh, uh, admin 
status. Right. And she was voting for herself as the other students is, is how they pulled this off. Okay. So this is but, another kids will be kids who gives a shit anyways things. Right. I stole, we stole. So it wasn't, the, it was the mom didn't mastermind. The kid just knew how to utilize her mom's access. Yeah. The mom had let her use it. A Got few. it. Um, and uh, uh, some of the students said she looks up, she looks up all of our group of friends grades and makes comments about how she can find our test scores all the time. One student told investigators, according to the affidavit. So she did kind of, you know, uh, uh, she did kind of use it in a bad way. And, and her mom did give her the information and yeah. all stuff. Yeah, so, you know, no harm, no foul. I don't feel like a kid should go to jail for 16 years for this. Yeah, I mean, I think you look embarrassing. Like, I think that, like, everybody at school is just going to look at you as a loser that tried to change scores. Like, you already look pathetic. It's done. Like, that's karmically a sound thing. Like, it solves itself. Absolutely. It is. It is, like, a, a thing where everybody's going to know you as the loser who tried to rig the homecoming vote. You know, you know? There was always, I've heard more, I've heard this more than once, um, but there's always a story of like uh, some loser kid that everybody, everybody voted for as a joke. And then they had to adjust it to, to be the most popular kid. I've heard that story from more than one person. It happened at my school too, but it's also extremely bizarre that that information would ever leak. Uh, I think that story though, dude, it, I mean, there's always, there are these, I actually had a conversation about these stories in regards to like LSD and stuff earlier this week from people's neighborhoods. And I, I kind of told a story uh, on Twitter where I, I talked about this guy in my neighborhood who, who we called Jesus Christ. And they said that he had a sheet of acid in his pocket and he was running from the police and it sweat over the sheet of acid and it sunk into his skin and he believed he was Jesus Christ. And like, he would fucking scream. Like I rebuke you at you when you walk by his house and stuff like that. So like, but like, it was really just adults lying to kids and bully, like bullying this guy that had issues. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. He acid and they were just treating a guy like shit who had like real mental health issues and making fun of them to their kids but like people started to tell me they all had people like that well that was that was in the movie slc punk right that was, this that's like that, <laughs> right this right like the early 90s but yeah it's in that movie because it's a famous story yeah a lot of that stuff just got passed along um as like the truth <laughs> like that was just folklore <laughs> that that like everybody went through like the satanists in the woods you know there was a creek everybody had nearby you went there it was a mattress there was porno there was weird fire remnants or something and you all thought it was like satanic ritual area so i ended up looking this up this story up that used to come up a lot when i was in school and i was curious if it came up in your time because it had to have stopped Sometime in the 90s. I don't think it made it all the way out of the 90s. There's no way. Because this sounds like such a uh, old style urban legend. But the Blue Star Tattoo legend is an urban legend which states that a temporary lick and stick tattoo soaked in LSD and made in the form of a blue star or of a popular children's cartoon characters is being distributed unknowing to children in any given area. No, I do not know that one. Very. You never heard that? I the dare officers told us about that. They said never to take uh, temporary tattoos from adults you didn't know because they had LSD in them. Some guy is going out and buying a bunch of LSD and then distributing like Barney tattoos to children. That's what they used to say. And it's funny when you think about it because like it doesn't seep through your skin that way. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to do it on like your eyeball. You'd have to do it on like your your tongue. It would have to, it'd have to be like uh, Fruit Stripes gum or one of those gum candies. They, they gave you tattoos for your tongue. 
That would be the best, oh. best way to do it. Actually, I'm wrong. The legend commonly surfaces in American elementary and middle schools in the form of a flyer, which is distributed to parents by concerned school officials. In the past, it was often the form of a poor quality photocopy, clearly many generations old, but it has now also become popular on the internet mailing lists and websites. The legend states that a temporary lick and stick tattoo soaked in LSD and made in the form of a blue star, the logo of the Dallas Cowboys is often mentioned, or of popular children's cartoon characters such as Mickey Mouse and Bart Simpson is being distributed to children in the area in order to get them addicted to LSD, even though LSD is rarely addictive. Yeah, I mean, who wants a bunch of elementary school kids on LSD at their house? I would be, that's a lot of trouble. But people used to talk you could about also legendary Bart Simpson acid when I was in school, like it was a national thing, like it was something that you could go and fucking if you found the right drug dealer, he would have the Bart Simpson acid, which well, is the famous nationwide brand of acid. Okay, top ecstasy in my day was Teletubbies. Like if you got Teletubbies, those were the hot shit that were were, were That's like. True. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, that's always been a big part of any culture, I guess the licking stick. So basically you're supposed to lick the tattoo and that gets you dosed and then you put it on your skin and that's not how necessarily it happens. And at that point you're just like, I need licking stick tattoos. I gotta go. I gotta go back to Marty's house. I gotta go get more licking stick tattoos. <laughs> Getting addicted to acid is also like a crazy thing to say. Like when I think about it now, like I can't even believe I believed. I'm I probably I believed it because adults that were much older and smarter than me were telling me this. You know, yeah, I would I also heard this. If you went and told a bunch of 20, 20 to 30 year olds that you had tattoos that would that were actually acid, you could you would be a lot better off than convincing kids to do it. Like they have yeah. jobs and they have money. Like that's who you're trying to make addicted to anything. Exactly. Uh, it's uh, that is a funny thing that like dare and like the anti-drug campaign did was that it was it would say stuff like, you know, the famous story I've said about my daughter coming home and asking me about black tar heroin, like a fucking she's in third grade, like somebody's going to walk up to her in third grade and be like, hey, man, you want some black tar heroin? Want to shoot up? <laughs> Need a spike, man? <laughs> she's gonna shoot it she's gonna do the heroin black tar i believe you smoke but uh uh i don't re actually maybe i'm wrong about that i don't want to be wrong about this for some reason you don't need to know uh, man. we don't need to be we don't need to be informational about that yeah so uh uh yeah i always found that to be like it's just something you don't have to worry about i i almost like this is definitely like a, a cop thing like a cia psyop sort of thing to poison the well on acid i can't imagine somebody just coming up with this you know yeah i mean they've done so much to uh to try to make make it not as fun and great as it is um you know i, I mean i yeah i don't know if it's addictive but it is like it's a direct replacement for serotonin um and like it is very comfortable and easy to use that uh to to get by <laughs> like when you need to feel okay, <laughs> in I mean, my opinion, my my very expert opinion uh, as a, a regular user. It's a very rare type of person, though. Most people, you know, they do acid a few times and they're like, I don't think I need this. Like, I don't need this all the time in my life. That That yeah, is 99% of people who do acid. It's like, this is going to be a special ceremonial thing for me. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think the conversation could change on it very quickly. Um, uh, especially with microdosing and lifting the laws on psychedelics and everything. I, I think we have a much uh, more interesting conversation. You know, the way people are into ketamine and, and all those things now. Uh, MDMA? Yeah. MDMA cured a guy of his alcoholism, which is like, what? No, of course. Of course. I mean, all that stuff is therapeutic and all that stuff, you know, uh, can be abused, but like, that's not the case for a lot of people. You know, I, I, um, regular user of things like that. And I, I don't feel sad about my life and I don't feel like I'm trying to, to cover things up. I, I, 
I always, you know, am able to, to, to solve problems and, you know, the afterglow and effect of, of like a good trip is something that like enriches my life forever, you know? Yeah, absolutely. The other funny uh, urban legend about acid, Brett, I'll just throw it in there, is the false claim states that if it is possible to synthesize LSD or some similar hallucinogenic drug called banana dean from banana peels or other common household foods and chemicals. Yeah, the one for me was always like, um, they were always talked about flashbacks and they always talked about like build up in your spine and all of a sudden you'd have like a flashback out of nowhere. Yes. Totally a fucking lie. Totally not true. Um, so uh, you need to my, tell my, my, I love flashbacks. Like basically the only flashbacks I ever had is if I look at like a, a stucco ceiling or like a popcorn ceiling, any sort of busy pattern with a lot of texture. And I think it's only because I have bad vision as well. Like I can get it to tile and tessellate and it feels like I'm back in like tripping. Like I have kind of unlocked the magic 3d eye puzzle of reality now where I can look at a, at a weird shadow in a corner and just like avert my gaze or do like a thousand yard stare and just like leave reality and just let all the lights and colors freely move and float everywhere. Oh my God. You are an acid guy now. Oh, a, oh yeah. Most acid guy I've talked to since the seventh grade. <laughs> Hey, it works. It really works. I mean, I think it's uh, in small doses, not anything that like, not anything heroic, um, but it's in small doses, it creates like a base level that I guess maybe there's pharmaceuticals or stuff that I could resort to, but um, it's not really who I am. Uh, And like I said, I'm not really wanting for a solution when it comes to feeling okay you know, a squirt of tincture in the morning is enough to make me feel okay. You know, I, I have other things I need to work on besides, you know, that, that doesn't related to how I feel. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, the LSD thing, the, the science behind LSD that I learned when I was really young was when I was doing it, when I was in like 10th grade and shit like that, was that your brain bleeds? Yep, drips onto your spine. Oh, so much good. That's art. what m- makes you trip. But then the reason you would have flashbacks is because a scab forms on your brain after oh, yeah. you trip. So and sick. sometimes that scab busts open, and uh, then you're tripping again. That was That's... what I believe the science behind tripping was. You just wrote the best death metal song. Yeah, I feel like if you just describe that. And yeah, then, I, yeah. They I told like, me it was bad, and then it, it's just like it's not. I've been doing it for a long time. I'm not yeah. young anymore. Um, I'm I'm very stable. Um, the, you know, a lot of the bad parts of psychedelics before was that I was a kid that was afraid of getting caught or I didn't have my shit together. Uh, but now I'm I'm strong and confident, and like it it boosts. It gives me a boost of like that childlike energy, like the fun, joyful feeling of being you know young and. I don't know. Just you, you just get it gets rid of all of the judgment, and it gets rid of all of the all of the the feelings that I feel like I know about the world. It just it gives me a gives me the opportunity to feel uh, good and joyful. Yeah. The other one is that LSD is called acid, so that when you drink citric acid. I love that. Uh, makes you trip harder. I love it. Two kinds of acids just mix them with each other, you know? You know, also, I love that. Um, one of my favorite parts about drug culture, which is cringe, like maybe in movies and stuff like that, but like the routines that you get with people when you're finding yourself and you're all like tripping together. I used to love to go like a, buy a whole carton of juice. Like we would all go and each of us would pick our favorite flavor of like Bolt House Farms or some sort of cold, we would just go get like a half gallon of juice and then we hang out by a pool, uh, ride skateboards. Oh my goodness. Just the best times. But I always love picking my citrus. Yeah. I stand yeah. by it. I eat, I eat, I eat a fucking last week when I, I, uh, ate that boomstick and went on that walk, I got home and I ate like a whole bag of dried mango. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is like, 
the the way that we learn about drugs is truly the fucking weirdest thing in the world i mean that i could go to school and somebody would tell me that i could eat a piece of paper and then my brain would start bleeding and dripping on my spine is like a <laughs> crazy fucking thing to tell a kid you know for like, sure <laughs> and like we thought it was so cool dude we thought it was so fucking cool that our brains were bleeding like we just thought it was the raddest thing in the world like hey man oh and if you take more than 10 hits of acid you're legally insane yeah that's and a good like, one yeah and you could plead insanity in court is what my friends used to tell me that's why they felt like it was a smart decision to take more than 10 hits because it's like well if i kill somebody or something then i'll go to court <laughs> right. i'll get insanity because i did 10 hits of acid you know it was kind of like this is actually like a uh uh economical choice really when you think about it it's you know, it's the best move get out of jail free card <laughs> yeah um one last story before we get out of here uh i saw this on the market watch market watch website brett and it it is a doozy it it is an uh, uh advice column for a guy named quentin and here we go dear quentin i did some business development work for a tech company on a contract basis the ceo stated that i would be paid in crypto when i started to work in the spring of 2020 he added a clause to the contract stating the company may elect to pay in u.s dollars so I mean, that seems fine. Like if you want to pay in, in dollars or crypto, it's like if the guy agreed to take crypto, then fine. You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, or, and I'm sure he's thinking when he agreed to take crypto, he's thinking also like that the company may elect to pay in us dollars. It's like, I'll take either. I don't really care. They're both kind of the same to me. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, I mean, this has uh, obviously been a big part of the news. Uh, I've also seen it creeping up in, in other places. Uh, and there are folks that are selling houses with crypto and also lots of job relationships where people are asking to be paid uh, in, in that instead. Um, US the U.S. dollars thing is just basically their ripcord to say, if we have to go back to regular money, we're just going to do that, right? Yeah, so this guy says, I struck out the part of the contract because if I was going to risk getting paid in crypto and the price all of a sudden appreciated, I didn't want the company to revert to paying me in U.S. dollars. Ah. In August 2020, I received payment for the contract work in cryptocurrency. Since then, the prices of cryptocurrency have skyrocketed. As of this moment, the crypto that I received payment in has gone up 700%. Wow. Today, I received an email from the CEO st stating something along the lines of, since you did not generate any revenue for the company and are not cu currently doing any follow-up work, please send back all of the crypto received in August 2020. You can invoice the company for the hours worked in U.S. dollars. So basically stating that I can invoice in U.S. dollars at seven times less than what the crypto is worth today. <laughs> Yeah, so they're they're looking at like they pay this they pay this guy like a tenth of a bitcoin, and they're like, oh my god, we paid him a ridiculous <laughs> amount of money. Now that I look at it, well, it, it well what they're seeing is that like this guy was like, I'll take crypto. I mean, I would take dollars. I'm a dollars guy personally yeah. over yep. here, but <laughs> always gonna pick dollars when it comes to getting paid. I'm always gonna pick dollars. <laughs> uh uh so this guy's like i'll 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 i guess i'll take the crypto and then the guy gave him what i assumed to be like a coin whatever he had agreed to pay him in bitcoin he paid him and then this guy got paid and then that crypto bitcoin moved up like 700 percent. so now he had 700 percent more dollars yeah and the guy was like dude no no it wasn't a deal i it's was stupid <laughs> yeah. and, and i've and i've also seen people say that they agreed to get paid in crypto they uh, agreed to get paid in the same amount every single week for like the entire year so that there's no fluctuation nothing is like adjusted for averages you just pay this amount uh and uh 
and I don't know, it, it creates a lot. It's going to create a lot of weird circumstances, especially like this. And especially when a boss feels like all of a sudden they paid somebody too much. <laughs> like this is, this is the downside is that this is what most of the complaints are going to be. Yeah. Yeah. A boss that's like, I, Oh, Hey, you know, I wasn't trying to pay you, you know, whatever you're making now. We paid you and one Bitcoin last year. That was supposed to be $50,000. Now it's, you know, $70,000. That's bullshit. So can you send me back $20,000? Yeah. Can I have the 20 extra thousand dollars? And it's like, no, you, you will never get this Bitcoin back. There's nothing in this world that you're going to be able to do to get this money back. You paid me. We're paid. It's done. <laughs> yep. If you, you if you, if you're too that. jealous now, you can go back to like, that's the thing too, is like, if you don't like it, if you can't hang with this relationship, you can't, you can't, you can't just bring yourself to watch one of your employees get paid more than what you think they're worth. Like just go back to Fiat. That's he should have been at Fiat anyway. I think really what happened was he, the boss thought he was ripping this guy off. Right. Really what the thing is. He's like, I'll buy this computer money. And this fucker's going to lose everything. Who cares? Yeah. It's not going to matter to me. I, I just, I don't care. And like, I mean, I think the guy's crazy for taking crypto really, even though now, you know, it would be worth a ton, but, uh, uh, I really like the idea that this guy, that, that this boss just feels like, like, this guy doesn't like I can come back and ask later. I've always found it kind of disgusting that like a, a company could overpay you on accident and then come back for the money like a year later after doing sure. an audit of their books. Right. And shit like that, like I've always found that shitty because they always put that on the worker too. They always put that on like, well, why didn't you come and say anything? It's like, I don't know. I thought he's being generous or something. Right. People. I mean, when somebody, look, when somebody puts a bunch of money in your bank account, I heard a story. My, my daughter told me a story recently about some, a teacher <laughs> that she spoke to that said in her first year, they gave her a $6,000 check and they didn't tell her it was to buy supplies for the class. So she went and bought clothes. Oh like, no. And then found out that it was for supplies for the class and she had to end up paying it back. You know, and like, all I could think was like, she look, dude, she checked her bank account and it had $6,000 in it. Yeah. You're <laughs> like, like, I, I deserve that. To go nuts. Yeah. Finally, this place is doing something right. They're paying me what I deserve. <laughs> yeah. When I heard that story, I was like, that is such like a, that is such like a, a story that would happen to me. I told the story about my electric bill last week about how like it just didn't come for four months and i was just like well i guess i don't have to pay an electric bill and it's like they can still fucking chase you down and they can make your life even fucking worse later but i think that like you shouldn't be allowed to take money back if you're a bank or you're yeah. a guy paying your employees in crypto yeah agreed i i mean i think that like it's it's if people want to do it it's fine you, it doesn't cost them any, it's not costing them anything, you know, that they, they just have to convert their money into crypto and send it to that person. Like yeah. if it's, if it goes up, like that's why they did it dummy. That's why they were asking because they thought it would double in price. So that's the name of the game. Why the fuck are you jealous? Exactly. Exactly. Fuck this boss. Don't give him his crypto back, sir. No fight. crypto. Cause I mean, you got a 700% amount of money it's like just cash it in that's you know, enough that's what i would do yeah 700 percent is one of those like i'll take this in fiat currency now <laughs> please <laughs> well that is this week's street fight uh hell yeah thanks for tuning friend. in very fun sorry i was yawning a whole bunch at one point i'm just Funny. very overworked not overworked just worn out yeah don't say you're overworked i understand you're I worn out but, yeah, yeah, I'm not overworked. I need to do more, but I'm worn out. Yep. Well, thank uh, that was a fun show, and thank you.
Yeah. Thank you to everybody. Listen, follow us on social media. I'll try to get updated. I'll try to keep things regular. I, I'm trying to get everything together here so that we have a, a more normal situation. Um, but thank you to everybody that follows along and supports, follows, likes, retweets, tells their friends. We'll get back to live shows too. Eventually it's, it's coming up, you know, it's on the horizon and uh, we can't wait to see all y'all again. We're street fight. Peace. Der Schein.